Welcome to EGN Conversations. This is Nick Johnson, and I will be speaking with business leaders from a wide range of industries on hot and trending topics. Enjoy the podcast. Good afternoon to EGN Conversations. Uh, today we have with us uh, Ramya. She is the Chief Communications Officer for the QI Group. Uh, Ramya, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Great. We are so happy that you spent some time with us today. So perhaps you can start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, so, well, thank you, Nick, for having me here on this podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to be here and to share my thoughts. Um, my background, really, if I would uh, be asked to summarize it, is I'm a professional storyteller. I am in the communications field. I've, I'm the chief communications officer, like you introduced me. Um, I head a global team that manages uh, PR, communications, branding, issues management. Um, and uh, what I've been involved with right from pretty much the beginning of my career is telling stories about brands, about companies and about people. So really, I'm a professional storyteller. How exciting. And I want to come back to storytelling perhaps another day, Ramya. But today we have something else we're going to talk about, women in leadership. And this is a topic that we are working on at EGN. Uh, while since the 90s we've been having me, uh, these peer groups at EGN, they've been mixed. But then last year we started with uh, women in leadership, which are female-only peer groups in Europe. And already 20 of them have been launched. And that is something that we plan to do in Singapore soon. So indeed, it's a topic on our agenda. And when I was researching this topic, your name came up and you have spoken of quite a few events on the topic of barriers to women in leadership. So that is something that I wanted to hear you elaborate a little bit on today, Ramya. So what do you mean with barriers to women in leadership? Um, okay, so let me begin by prefacing that uh, this is a topic that I find myself speaking about quite often in recent times. Uh, it started with a panel discussion to mark the International Women's Day in March. Uh, and the theme for this year is women in leadership. This is the United Nations theme. Women in leadership achieving an equal future in a COVID-19 world. Now, when the panel started off the discussion, uh, the aim of the discussion was to discuss the future and the role of women and girls uh, and how they can shape an equal future. But very soon, the discussions turned to what I think is a much more important topic, which is barriers to leadership that many women face. Now, as a woman myself and one who's in a leadership position within my organization, I know and I realize how important it is to discuss this topic. And since then, I've found myself speaking on this on several platforms. And each time I realize how critical it is to have this conversation. Um, because one thing that I think we can all agree on, that at least in the business world, and I'm not going to go into a much broader sphere, I'm going to be speaking about the corporate and the business world, is that women leaders are still a minority. And the three key barriers I think uh, we face are really structural barriers from an organization perspective, an institutional bias, and of course, lifestyle choices. Now, uh, what I've found is the most common form of structural barrier is a lack of access to, say, an important informal network, such as, say, a golf course or a whiskey and cigar evening or sporting events. Now, these are things that are typically seen as boys club activities. 
And often men assume that women don't want to take part in these type of events, so they don't invite them. Now, which is why I'm really glad that you were talking about EGN and how you're going to start this peer group for women in leadership, because that's fantastic, because women need more of these networks. And uh, the other the other thing that most men don't seem to realize is you have to be more inclusive with our networks and social events, because when you bring in diversity, the outcomes can be quite interesting. But unless you try it, you're never going to know. Now, the second thing with institutional bias that I've realized is to be accepted as leaders, women often have to walk a fine line between two very opposing set of expectations. Now, many senior female executives I know are afraid to display vulnerability. And I remember you talk about this a little bit in your book as well, displaying vulnerability. And one of the, I think, biggest challenges is leaders in general, men or women think vulnerability makes them look weak. I've had this exact same dilemma. On one hand, I hold a position of authority and I know I bring value to it. But if I display certain leadership traits, such as being assertive or questioning the set norms or standing up to an authority male figure, then I'm seen as being too aggressive or combative. And I know when a man displays similar traits, I know he's seen as a strong, passionate leader. So uh, women in leadership are struggling with this dichotomy of having to be nice, but also tough. And there is so much gender stereotyping about women being emotional creatures that sometimes women are wondering, do I have to downplay my femininity in order to be seen as competent? And then, of course, the third is really lifestyle choices. Uh, Women make choices that are they're constantly caught between the work-life balance. There are family choices to be made. There are caregiver priorities. And these choices are not negative, but they're still considered barriers because they contribute to the leadership gender gap. Okay. Well, Frank, Frank, anything else you wanted to add uh, to that? I think you covered the three barriers there. Uh, Ramya, is that right? Uh, yes, I, I, I covered three barriers. I, ju- I just realized that I've been going on and on for a while because I do get very passionate about the topic. I can tell, and that's fantastic, and, and, and I really, really appreciate that. And I think uh, you might have heard I was on Money FM just two weeks ago, and I was talking about exactly what the topic that you were discussing there. Uh, how yeah. do you balance between caregiving for your for your children versus work? And that, that is, of course, a, a very difficult dilemma to a woman to find herself in. And, and it doesn't work if the men are not supporting and understanding that conversation. It, I believe it's something we need to discuss together. And I think COVID has, in a way, really exacerbated the problem, especially as more and more people are working from home. And women are suddenly struggling with, you know, being the caregiver, being the work from home mother. And there's just so many different responsibilities. And somehow it just ends up falling more on women. Right. So, yeah, (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah, definitely. So. Now, since you've been on quite a few panels and speaking about this topic, which is fantastic, uh, what do you believe are the resources we, uh, the companies can put behind this uh, or what should we focus on moving forward? So I think firstly, companies need to acknowledge the problem um, because very few business leaders seem to understand that gender inequality is not just a moral and human rights issue. It's also a bottom line issue. Um, In fact, I think it constitutes the single biggest distortion in the modern labor market. And it's a major impediment to wealth creation. And this is uh, it came up in a report that I was reading. 
see when you prevent talent from rising to its natural level it leads to a systemic misallocation of resources and in the process you're talking about leaving a global economy that's worse off in the process and there is today an extensive body of research that shows a strong link between female empowerment and economic development if i were to put it simply really companies and societies are more likely to grow and prosper when women gain greater financial independence as wage earners and property owners and progressive companies really should be looking for ways to empower women at work not just as a moral obligation but also as a sound business strategy okay and uh Then I wanted to ask something because you you basically spoke a little bit about COVID there and how it changed with the work from home and so on. Can you elaborate a little bit more? How has uh, women in leadership changed in the last one year or should I say 14 months? Well, I think 2020 has proved that women are better at leading during a crisis. All you need to do is look at all the women of nations. Uh, I think it's Germany, New Zealand, Taiwan, Denmark, Finland. I think there are a few more. And all of these are countries where the leaders are women and they reacted more quickly and decisively with proactive and coordinated policy responses. and they probably endured the least number of fatalities and economic disruption in the process so that more than anything else has proven that women typically tend to do better when it comes to crisis well that's certainly something we need these days so thanks for highlighting that and uh, any final remarks at all ramya that you want to leave us with, with on this topic Uh, I think what is important is more men need to be part of the conversation. Now women are constantly having these discussions whether it's in little book clubs or whether it's by the water cooler or whether it's lean in type organizations um there's plenty of conversations that's being had in women's peer groups but what is not happening is men getting involved in these conversations. and um and to quote this writer that i i really enjoy reading she's a nigerian american and her name is chimamanda and she's talking about we are all feminists and i think that in its simplicity resonates with me so much that it's not just women who can be feminists men can be feminists as well as long as you understand what is important the topics that are important involve women in important discussions and decisions I think we will make a lot more progress in achieving the equal future that the UN is envisioning. That sounds also like some great advice there Ramya and, and I'm from Sweden myself where which is a quite uh, gender equal country. Uh, the men for example get the same paternity leave as the women which sort of sends the signal at least uh, to the families that it's a equal job to care for a child it's not a, a a woman's job to do that. So that's where how I grew up and I'm looking forward to see more of that also in in Asia. Well amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay outstanding well thank you so much uh, ramya for being with us today very interesting to uh, hear you talking about the barriers to women in leadership so thank you once again thank you for having me thank you for listening to edn conversations this is nick johnson please follow me on linkedin to get the latest updates on edn conversations